The following program is underwritten by... Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fearful situations. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And uh, Judy is screening your calls toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. If you have a question for Dr. Debbie or for dog father Joey Villani, now is the time to put those fat little fingers or thin little fingers in the phone and call us up with your question. A big show today, we have Bob Viteri. He's the top dog at the American Pet Products Association. And just in case you didn't know, the pet industry, the pet sector, is nearing $60 billion a year. That's tremendous. Wow. The, uh, I believe that's, uh, more than some of the, uh, what do they call it? GPS, GP, GF, gross national, I'll have to look that up. Gross domestic product. What she said, baby. I don't know. (laughs) But let's just go with it, right? Uh, so they're going to be on in just a few minutes, Bob Viteri, and he's going to tell us where, how that breaks down. Where is that money going? Because I didn't know I was spending that much money. Also on the show today, second generation animal trainer, Teresa Ann Miller, and she just fin- finished a film. I know you've seen all kinds of films that she's trained animals in, and we're going to ask her about her career, because that just sounds like a whole lot of fun to train animals for Hollywood. Probably a lot of stress, too. I can't imagine hurting all those animals around. <laughs> they got to perform. I just saw this movie she did, White God. There were 20, 30, 48 dogs in, in oh, one scene. Oh, hundred of them were coming running down the street. And it, it's, you know, it was all real dogs trained to do that. It was amazing. They jumped up on cars. They grabbed purses from people. They just did all kinds of things in this scene. It was just amazing. Uh, was I a did, border collie in, in, the, uh, in the hind end of it, like leading them on? <laughs> <laughs> it is also week two of our new pet product special here at Animal Radio. And last week we featured something for the cat today something for the dog 1-866-405-8405 let's uh take one for dr debbie we have casey on the phone hey casey hi there what's going on well we have a boxer about seven years old we've uh female she's been not eating for the last three weeks and uh we took her to the vet a couple times and she's had the barium test and they didn't see anything wrong and then we finally ended up having surgery this last week and there was no obstruction and no cancer, but she had a very swollen red stomach, and she's throwing up all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they got her on metronanazole uh, okay. twice a day, um, and she's had diarrhea. Uh, today, she's got really runny yellow mucus on her nose, and we've been having to puree her food and feed her through a turkey baster lately because she hasn't been eating at all. Wow. Now, so does she have any difficulty swallowing the food, or is it she just has no interest to eat? No interest at all to eat. They did When they, when they did the uh, surgery, she, the doctor said he had a, a really red, swollen stomach, and they did a biopsy, but he wasn't sure what it could have been. Hmm, interesting. So let's see. So I'm backing up a little bit. So the primary concerns that she was having was not eating, and she was having diarrhea? Yes. That was, okay. that was when we first had the problem. Okay, and then was she vomiting as well? Yeah, she was vomiting uh, pretty much every day. Wow, okay. 
Well, I mean, I, I applaud your veterinarian because that is uh, sometimes when we have these very extreme cases, and three weeks is a long time to not be eating. She must be really kind of just thinning herself out. Yeah, she's um, lost about 13 pounds. Wow, wow. Um, so, yeah, sometimes an exploratory is exactly what needs to be done. Um, it's just a little disheartening that we didn't get the answers we were hoping for. Um, sometimes it's kind of an art of finding the right spots to biopsy. Sometimes it's because there's nothing there, and we're really looking for more of a, a metabolic problem. Um, but, yeah, during an exploratory, I like to biopsy pretty much almost anything I can. So if the stomach looked abnormal, take a piece of that. Small bowel, take a piece of that. And in some cases with bi- Boxers, we talk about colon disorders, so um, even biopsying the colon. Um, that may not have to be done during surgery. It can be done endoscopically. Um, but boxers are a breed that can get some very strange um, colon diseases. Uh, there's a histiocytic uh, ulcerative colitis type problem that they get. And you, you check the stomach, you're not going to find it. You have to check the colon for that. Well, he was thinking but, prednisone later if, it didn't seem if that turned out to be something of a, like a colitis or anything like mm-hmm. that. But, uh, absolutely. Uh, and that's exactly what sounds like your veterinarian was thinking of, was this ulcerative colitis. So, yeah, for some dogs I'll put them on. If if we're not going to go any further, going rebiopsying, things like that, sometimes it's worth a, a round of um, prednisone. And for the boxers with the ulcerative colitis, um, some findings actually indicate that there may be an antibiotic responsiveness to some of these pets. Um, so putting them on a specific antibiotic called Batril or Enrofloxacin can be helpful. Um, and it's for just a certain subset of diseases that that might be helpful. But that could be something. And I'm sure he's probably, your vet's already done some extreme, extreme dewormings. Um, but uh, Fenbendazole is a dewormer that we like to use for chronic diarrhea, um, GI cases. Um, and then many dogs with chronic diarrhea, I will do a, um, a screen for uh, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, so there's a cobalamin and folate. These are different B vitamins that can be depleted with chronic intestinal disease. So that may not necessarily, it can help diagnose the condition, but it also can give us some direction to help treat. Um, and many dogs with chronic small bowel disease can't absorb these n- nutrients. So they, they actually get really low on their B vitamins and can't rebound by just feeding them that. So they have to be um, replenished by actually injection methods. So that might be something else that we could consider to try to kind of therapeutically help this kid out. You know, maybe it takes just trying some of these different therapies. And uh, it sounds like you've done a pretty exhaustive uh, workup and and trying to help her out here. So um, my best wishes go to you. I hope she's feeling better and eating soon. You know, I'm sure you're looking forward to those days where uh, she would eat anything and everything off your your, uh, table. So. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) She is a beggar. (laughs) Well, thank you for your call, and uh, this is Dr. Debbie. We're here for your calls, whether it be a behavior, medicine. Give us a call, 1-866-405-8405. Let's see, we're heading to which one, number one, Cheryl? Yes. Okay. Yes, hello. Hey, Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today? Good. I have Dr. Debbie here. What's going on? I have a toy poodle. She's eight years old. And when she gets really excited, she starts, like, coughing or whatever, choking, kind of a (laughs) kind of sound. And lately, she's been doing it more and more. Like, when she gets excited, um, she'll just keep coughing and choking. And I don't know if something's wrong or as they get older, they continue to do that. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. even at night, it's almost like she's snoring or something. She's like, (laughs) while she's sleeping. 
So okay. is something wrong or is that normal for toy poodles? Well, it kind of depends. There's um, there's a little distinction in the sound that we're going to have to see if we can make. And it's going to be a little challenging on radio because, you know, you can't see me and I can't see you. Um, now, this sound that she's doing, it, does it sound like she's about to cough up a hairball? Or yes, does it... actually, when she does it, she has to kind of like choke and like, like she's dry heaving, you know, like okay. she's going to throw up, but nothing comes out. And then okay. she's okay for a few minutes, and then she gets excited again and starts doing it again. That's okay. how she stops doing it is after she does that, like, dry heave. Okay. Because the, the questions I'd have is whether we're making a sound kind of like a, like we're trying to cough something up, or if we have more like what we call the reverse sneezing sound, which is really cool. It freaks a lot of people out, and I get many an emergency call about it. It's kind of more of a, a vibrational sound. It looks like an asthma attack, kind of like a... Yes, yeah, like a croupy cough almost. Oh, that, the second thing I mentioned is not really a cough so much as it sounds like they're trying to blow something in through their nostrils. Or uh, So it's not really a cough. Cough is on the exhale. This other sound, reverse sneezing, is on the inhale. So it kind of looks like they're really stiff, sticking their neck out in their vibration, vi- uh, vibrational. Um, so it's not really a cough. After a reverse sneeze, there's not really a gag or any kind of retching. It just kind of happens, and then it passes after a few minutes. So I guess I'm still not clear which situation your baby might be in. But she, I would say... She does that retching thing afterwards. She does. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to call your situation more of a kind of a cough with kind of a gag or a retch. So in that situation, in a toy breed dog, it, it isn't unusual but I'm not going to call it normal. Um, the difference is because um, there are some small breed dogs that have problems with their trachea, where they have kind of a weak spot in their trachea and it collapses, and it can easily lead to a coughing bout in these guys. Um, so that is a possibility. Now, the other things that we look at, bronchitis, heart disease, are, are also very common in poodles. So um, my best re- recommendation and the best way that I can help figure that out is to get an x-ray to see if we've got concerns with heart size or with this collapsing trachea, which many times we'll see it on an x-ray and it just looks like a straw flattened out. When they're sucking in air, it just collapses and they really can't get a good breath of air uh, and that causes a, a coughing response as well as other things with time. So that would be my first recommendation. Um, definitely before I would recommend, um, you know, any kind of medications. Um, although the other thing we'll talk about is weight. And if we have any problem with excessive weight, respiratory problems in general can benefit greatly if we get slimmed down into, into a good, healthy weight. Um, yeah, she's only like nine pounds, so she's not, I don't okay. think she's overweight. No, sounds like she's quite petite, and that's exactly how those little gals are supposed to be. Um, but yeah, I'd say for peace of mind, I would definitely, you know, call your veterinarian. I, I'd get a chest x-ray. That would be the, the simplest thing, and, um, you know, maybe nothing's going on. Maybe we need to see, see about treating some airway disease, and uh, collapsing trachea is, in many cases, not serious, but in some cases, it can lead to a very severe respiratory uh, emergency. So it's better to know your information ahead of time. Okay, just try to keep her calm until I get her in there then. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if she's nice and pink, she's not showing any uh, problems, uh, you know, recovering after these episodes, then, um, you know, certainly uh, that kind of helps you gauge how fast you need to get into the vet. Um, But, yeah, I'd say as soon as possible, I I would uh, just recommend it for the peace of mind. 
Okay, I'll do that. I'll, I'll make an appointment and get her in for a chest x-ray then. Best wishes with you, Cheryl, and, and give your good baby a little pat on the head for us. Okay, All bye right, bye. thanks for your call. Uh-huh, bye-bye. Don't you know what this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by World's Best Cat Litter? If you're tired of wasting money on giant boxes of litters that don't last, well, you should learn more about World's Best Cat Litter. It's the only litter with concentrated power, so even a small bag lasts 30 days, yeah. You can learn more at tryworldsbest.com. And thanks for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs fulfill our practical and emotional needs in a thousand ways, and we can return the favor. Voice is a way for you to fulfill that promise. You can help your dogs reach their potential and live their best, longest, healthiest life. Voice is more than just an activity tracker or cloud-based data that you and your vet can access. That not only helps detect illness, but help to prevent it. It's a shared experience that deepens your connection to your dog. Voice. Understand your dog like never before. Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fear of thunderstorms, fireworks, separation anxiety, nervousness, and much, much more. The Anxiety Wrap maintains a gentle pressure on acupressure points in your dog's neck, chest, shoulders, belly, and in the rear legs thanks to its patented leg straps. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. What are our pets trying to tell us? That it's time for the 1-800-PET-MEDS Calling All Pets Sweepstakes and Contest, where one lucky dog and cat will be in our next TV commercial. To enter, go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com and post your pet's photo. And while there, get the same flea, tick, and heartworm medications as your vet, but for up to 50% less. No purchase necessary. Open to legal U.S. and D.C. residents. Void where prohibited. Ends 5-12-15. See official rules for entry and age details at tv.1800petments.com. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're an environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free Plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. Hi, this is Joyce DeWitt on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your animals. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Voice, the wearable band that monitors your dog's key health indicators, including the resting heart rate, breathing rate, and activity. You can find exclusive contact from experts in health and nutrition, training and behavior. Give your dog a voice, will you? Learn more at mydogsvoice.com. That's mydogsvoice.com. And uh, we go to Sherry. Hi, Sherry. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Very good. What's up? Well, you know, I have three little dogs. Two of them are Chihuahuas, and one of them is a Yorkie. And when we leave, the, for some reason, of course, they they must see me pick up my purse, and then they hear the door lock, and they know the whole situation that I'm going to be gone. And mm-hmm. one of the Chihuahuas and the other Yorkie are real quiet. They're fine. But my one little Chihuahua screams, 
so loud, and it's it's ear. I'm even in the car with the windows rolled up, and I can still hear her. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I should go back in. I don't know if I should uh, go out the back door. I don't know if I should try something new because I feel so bad because she's so unhappy. Yeah. So, and how long does this go on? Well, that's just it. I don't know because I leave. I don't stick around. Okay. Well, I would be, that would be one thing first to know is just how long does this go on? Does it end within five minutes or less? And does she have any other types of problems while you're gone? Is she destructive? Um, soiling in the house? Nothing like that. Okay. Okay. And so then how do the dogs behave when you come home? Oh, they're just crazy happy. Absolutely yeah. crazy happy, running around in circles, just as happy as they can be. And it's mm-hmm. funny because you can be gone for five minutes and they have no conception of time. So absolutely, <laughs> just as happy absolutely. five minutes or three hours. Okay, all right. Well, how we approach this is going to be a little bit similar to how we handle a dog with separation anxiety. And the difference is, a dog with separation anxiety will tend to vocalize, but they can also be destructive. Um, they may house soil, and separation anxiety usually happens shortly or just those first few minutes after a pet, um, after the person leaves the pet. Um, mm-hmm. So you can still have anxiety related to the departure of the favorite human um, that doesn't necessarily classify as true separation anxiety, and that may be kind of where you're fitting with this doggy. So mm-hmm. the important things are that we have to be equal in our expectations. So when we come home and we greet our dogs and they jump all over us and we're throwing our arms around them and we're saying, oh, my God, doggy, my God, doggy, you have to remember that when your dogs leave you, they're cued by your behavior to have that same level of energy, enthusiasm for your departure as much as when you greet them. So one of the ways that we help to manage a dog that's over-exuberant, barking, um, aggressive, or um, being otherwise displaying unfavorable behavior as you're leaving is to make sure that we're kind of tempering down the um, the greeting that we have with our dogs. So keep okay. that in mind. Those first few minutes in the house, you come in, and I actually don't make eye contact. You just say, hey, you just kind of go about your day. You put your purse down. You open the refrigerator, see what you can have for dinner. They may be dancing around, and it hurts. It really hurts being a pet owner and not doing that. That's my favorite part of the day. I know. <laughs> I know. But this is an important part of how yeah. you can expect her to manage to not do the opposite behavior when you're leaving. So kind of keep that in mind. So after five minutes, all heck can break loose. Then you can throw out the love, the kisses and all that, but you need to not do that those first three to five minutes when you enter the house. Then we work on your departure. And you're correct that a lot of the cues, the purse, the, you know, putting your jacket on, all that stuff, grabbing the keys, can't amp up a dog. And mm-hmm. it, it's the, the marker to what's going to happen. And they start to react to those simple things. Just like a Pavlovian trained dog would ring a, they'd ring a bell and the dog would start to salivate because they knew the food was mm-hmm. coming right after. So your dogs are, they're smart. They know what's coming. Mm-hmm. So the trick is you have three dogs. So your departure, we need to train all of them in group. And what we do is we want to teach them a quiet, calm place, um, kind of a, a placing behavior. So I do something, I just basically have taught my dogs a pillow command. So we have a very large dog bed, and when I say pillow, both of them pop up on the, the pillow, and then they sit there. And then that's when you want to reward that behavior, because that's a quiet, calm behavior. 
You know, if we're vocalizing, that's a different thing. But we want to teach them that this is what you do, and it's a precursor to when mom leaves. Then they sit on that pillow, and you give them something really great. So you give them, you can do Kong toys with a little bit of frozen peanut butter in there so that they have to lick at it. A food mm-hmm. dispensing toy or even something, you know, like a piece of um, right. liverwurst or cheese. And it has to be something really great, really yummy. And that's your positive um, reinforcement for doing that behavior. But you also have to make sure that you do ignore any time that there's attention-seeking behavior, not just when you're leaving, but if there's other times that your dog barks for attention or barks and you respond in some way talking to the dog or, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, Buffy. You know, that kind of thing actually reinforces the behavior in a kind of a negative feedback. So this is training the human more than the dogs. (laughs) Yeah, I bought one of those. They're like a... It's it's from first alert. It's like a button that I push that makes a noise. So mm-hmm. when they bark when someone comes to the door, I say no, and then I push the button, and it has trained them to stop barking at everybody that comes up to the door. Oh. Not completely, but, I mean, they're doing better. Yeah, and now, now and you can even get better reinforcement with that if you do mm-hmm. pair that with once they quiet and they settle and you you mm-hmm. do a positive reward. Um, because I, I'm not all about negative reinforcement. I do like to give positive no. reinforcement because that you'll yeah. get a much uh, more motivated dog. And I've learned that. I used to be a non-treater, a veterinarian that did not give treats to my dogs. Mm-hmm. And then I got my mm-hmm. dogs into agility and I learned the power of string cheese. It's an amazing thing. Oh, my dogs love cheese. Oh, string cheese is amazing. You could tear off little pieces designed for the size of the dog. It is phenomenal. So, um, but yeah, so I, I, have to, I changed my tune, and I'm a veterinarian that treats for positive reinforcement, but not just for the sake of treating. And the other thing is for dogs that have these kind of behaviors, to reassert and to teach them independent behaviors is very important because sometimes a fearful dog that's not confident will tend to have some more um, vocalizing or kind of uh, begging behaviors, demonstrating for attention. I love string cheese. You could train me (laughs) to do just about anything with string cheese. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Drs. Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Now, you might have seen this. The pictures have absolutely exploded on the Internet, and hopefully it's going to lead authorities to find the driver. The photos are of a cat on a leash on the hood of a car while it's being driven around Ohio. A woman actually saw this in New Philadelphia, Ohio, and took and posted the pictures. Sadly, she didn't get a shot of the car's license plate. The brown tabby with white on its chest is seen balancing itself on the hood of a gold SUV. Its harness appears to be attached to the vehicle's windshield wipers. Now, a sudden stop, and this kitty could easily be over the side of the SUV and into the wheel well. Police say they don't know if this actually rises to the level of animal cruelty. Think about that a minute. But they would like to uh, talk to the driver. The PDSA is a British agency that helps pets, and it's launched its annual Pet Fit Club competition. Pet guardians all over the U.K. are signing up their overweight pets to take part in the six-month competition. Now, during that time, the animals take part in a tailored diet and exercise program overseen by expert vets and nurses. Among the entries is a three-year-old rabbit named Grace, who is actually so fat she has a double chin. 
vets say that obesity in pets is way too common, both in the U.K. and here. It can contribute to pets developing all sorts of conditions that can cut their lifespan short, like heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. Well, some things aren't just black and white, and that's what a family in Lodi, Ohio, are saying about Archie, their 41-year-old toothless black bear. They were late in applying for a permit to keep him, and they're now fighting to hang on to him. Jeffrey and Deborah Gilliam say they complied with earlier regulations about keeping Archie on their rural two-and-a-half-acre property. They say they never knew the regulations had changed. They've actually had Archie for 35 years with no problems, and they want to let him live out the rest of his life in pretty much the only home he's ever known. There's a petition on change.org lobbying for Archie to stay. It's gotten over 5,000 signatures, and the animal rights group Renegades Run has been rallying to help the Gilliams and Archie stay together. You know, how come it's always the politicians and the rulemakers that can't bend the rule? I mean, if you have a bear that's been living Mm -hmm. with you for over 30 years, and it's been there, and everyone knows, and, and you've already gone through the red tape before, I mean, why can't you make an exception instead of putting somebody through that? It just don't make any sense to me. Kind of drives me nuts I, too. I don't know. It just it don't it, the the world sometimes just doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> Most of the time. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterandSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, a non-surgical alternative to dog castration. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We'll head back to the phones in just a second right here at Animal Radio. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. But it's hero time. And uh, we welcome to the airwaves... David Hendrickson. Hi, David. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Tell, tell us a little bit about uh, William and how you so, met William, your uh, chihuahua. Yeah, so I met William um, five years ago while I was volunteering at a shelter, and um, he was being brought in after being poisoned through his mother by an abuser. And Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Being poisoned how? He was, uh, the, the abuser was poisoning um, his mother, who was then eating her her puppy, so her puppy's 
were poisoned, basically. It was oh. it was a weird case, and they didn't know much about him, and it was him and another dog survived out of the litter of eight puppies. Wow. And um, when they brought William in, they, you know, said he wasn't probably wasn't going to make it very long. And I just, we just connected and I said, well, you know, I'll bring him home and give him the last couple of days of his life. And now, you know, almost five years later, we created Henderson Co. together and he's healthier than ever and um, has helped me raise almost $700,000 for charity. Okay, so let's uh, talk about this a little bit. Hendrick and Company is, uh, what is it? What kind of company is it? So Hendrick & Company is um, an apparel line. We have all kinds of items like tees, hoodies, tanks, and we have accessories too. So like women's bags, totes, necklaces, um, and we even have a dog collection. So um, leash, collar, and we even have a little bracelet that matches the dog's leash and collar. So we got a lot of really cool items. And what you give a percentage of what you make to the animals or to to the foundation or, or how does this work? Explain it. So um, Hendrick and Co works by supporting a network of nonprofits within our giving network. We support over four hundred and fifty charities um, across wow. the nation and every state and Canada, Asia, and soon Africa. So basically, the way that it works is a a customer can come to our site and purchase an item, and with every order that they purchase with every shirt we give a ten dollar donation so these are these are items that are not only quality and, and really cute and fun things but they also trigger a huge donation for our, our network of nonprofits and that's how we've been able to raise almost seven hundred thousand dollars for charity are these all animal related nonprofits yes these are all animal related nonprofits they're all private rescues so but we don't support any national organization so this is really I created Henderson Co for one reason, and that was support the local nonprofits who are really the heroes. You know, these are the people yep. who have full-time jobs, have dedicated their whole life to saving animals, and rarely get the credit or support. And that's exactly why we started Henderson Co. I got to jump in here, David. This is Tammy, because David is is the champion in my book of understatement. Okay, <laughs> he he truly is. I've known David for a while now, and um, the animals, David, that you take care of. These are not just animals that need a home. These are some of the most severely injured and abused animals I think I've ever seen in my life. These are animals that a lot of people would give up on that these small grassroots rescues take on and say, we are going to fight for this dog. And those are the groups that are in David's network. So, you know, we support or we launch two to three new, um, we call them critical needs cases a day on social media, and yes, these are the worst of the worst cases. You know, the, we're working on a, a dog right now named Judy, and she was actually burned intentionally by um, a meth addict. And, I mean, normally, like you just said, people would give up on a dog like Judy, but mm-hmm. the amazing network of nonprofits that we work with are the type of people that never say no. And i got to say, $700,000 is nothing to sneeze at. (laughs) That's a lot of money. That's a lot of uh, dog hoodies and leashes and bracelets and totes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, considering that we started, um, that I started this journey with um, $250 and kind of like a dream that, you know, I'll someday be able to make a difference. And now, you know, coming up on three years later, um, our network is bigger than ever and more powerful than ever. And our giving just keeps growing and growing every day. Listen, we're really lucky. We have some of the most passionate, 
and loving customers. You know, we call them all partners because together, this is how we give it together. And these people, you know, are the real people who are out there making a difference. And, you know, we're honored to be able to work with these people. Mm. And give out the website, if you will. It's HendrickBoard.com. And um, through our website, you can get all the products. You can also um, click to see all the amazing nonprofits that we work with, all their names and websites. And you'll be able to see um, all the cases, all the, the critical needs cases um, that we support. And they're, you know, tortured, abused, neglected, part of um, dog fighting, bait dogs, you know, cats burned. I mean, we even support turtles, skunks. Um, seals, sea lions, basically any animal you can think of, um, we, we support and help save. You are doing good work, awesome. and we are so happy to yeah. speak to you today and that you're our hero, yes? Just know, this is an unrelated matter, I just have to know, what's it like growing up as a triplet? A triplet? You were a triplet? <laughs> yes, that's yeah. just, God, um, I know that. Yeah, uh, I love it. I'm really close with all my brothers, and um we all have love for animals. We grew up in a house where my mom and dad rescued all kinds of animals and, you know, cats and rottweilers to even a mountain lion at one point. And now my mom has a 70 year old tortoise. So we just, <laughs> we came, we come from a, a family of crazy animal lovers. So. Oh, awesome. I love it. Well, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Thank you. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. We're going to head back to the phones toll free at 1-866-405-8405 for your calls for Dr. Debbie or for Joey Villani. Animal Radio, baby. Hey, John. Hi there. Good well, afternoon. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Uh, I have a, a, a five-year-old English bulldog. His name's Bodie. He's my rescue. He's deaf. But he's just all of a sudden done something totally out of the normal. He's licking the air, and he's going around in circles. And I, I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm, I'm scared it's a seizure. I don't know what's going down. Okay. So when he's uh, going around in circles, is it only to one direction or does it vary? Yes. Yes, only one direction. Only only okay. to the right side. Only to the right. And what else is he anything else while he's spinning? Is he is he licking while he's spinning or is he just he's licking, spinning? He's licking while he's spinning. I mean, I mean and the tongue is coming out farther than that, you know, that he does when he drinks water. I mean, it's out there. Okay. And how long does this last? It could go on for a couple minutes. And then what does he do afterwards? Barks. <laughs> you said barks, not farts, right? No, barks. He barks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> we know bulldogs do a lot of the other two. <laughs> yeah, he's he's he just he's like he's angry that he just had this happen to him type of thing. Okay. Now, and when this is happening, does he do anything with his head as far as any head shaking, twitching, no, any kind of no, movements? Nothing like that. I tried to hold him when he's when he's doing the licking thing, so he doesn't start moving around. It's it's just it's frightening because it's out of nowhere. I'd have to agree that to me this sounds like a form of a focal seizure, so not so much like the grand mal seizure that you know epilepsy is so typically associated with, but yeah, um, the kind of like the licking seizures we see that quite a bit. Um, some dogs will even have just like one muscle or one body part will twitch or have a repetitive motion. Um, so that would be my first thought. Now some of the other things I do occasionally see dogs that do excessive licking. And they might spin um, kind of associated with it, 
GI disease, so gastrointestinal disease. That is a little bit different, and I kind of uh, do a little bit more of a workup looking into the intestinal problem, things like inflammatory bowel disease and so forth. Um, but usually those pets also have some GI signs, so we have you know problems with vomiting, diarrhea, problems absorbing their food, etc. So I'm going to say seizures t- number one on my list, GI disease is number two. Number three at the very bottom, um, some ob- obsessive-compulsive disorders. The only reason I'd say that's at the bottom of my list is because the licking by itself could certainly be obsessive-compulsive, but it's kind of the manner in which it occurs that I really look okay. at. Um, and if from what you're describing, it sounds more like a, it's like a fugue. It, it's something that's coming over him, and then it leaves, so it's not something that's continuing persistent where he licks everything. For me, I'd say the number one thing I would talk to your vet about is trying a anti-seizure medicine trial. I appreciate your help, man, because really, this is really using my love of my life. I really appreciate you helping me. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Teresa. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you all today? Very good. We have Teresa Ann Miller on the phone with us. She is a second-generation animal trainer, and I've actually seen some of the work that you've done. Phenomenal. Uh, we're working with so many different animals and so many at a time. Uh, you were brought up, I guess, doing this. Was it dad, mom? Who was uh, doing this before you? I, it was my father. My father uh, started back with Beverly Hillbillies and Petticoat Junction, Green Acres, and eventually had his own business um, where he did shows such as Cujo and White Dog and, gosh, Beethoven and Dracula's Dog, just, just a bunch of, of uh, movies, and I used to, to go with him and learn from him. What a cool way to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, the favorite house on the neighborhood. <laughs> you were always, well, why? Because you were always training animals over there? We just always had different things visiting, you know, whatever my dad was working at the time or, or uh, different types of pets. Uh, uh, you know, it was always a, a, a thrill to see what was coming home next, you know. So you pretty much followed your dad in his footsteps there, and now you're training for Hollywood, too. And you've been doing that for a little bit. You've, uh, well, you did Lethal Weapon 1 and 3 and uh, Rush Hour and the Nutty Professor and uh, Sex Tape uh, with, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I have old man syndrome. Forget it. I can't. That's okay with Jason Siegel yes. and Cameron Diaz. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, out last year, I think. Just a, a whole amazing list of stuff that you've worked on. I just saw one, a film that was yeah, kind of a shocking film for me. I I personally didn't like the film, but I loved how the, the training of the animals, and it was called White God. Mm-hmm. And in that film, you trained so many animals, so many dogs, how do you get them all to be in sync? And in this film, I got to say, they don't use any CGI. There's explain there's, what that is. There's no computer generated graphics images. or anything, images, whatever that uh-huh. is. You're, these are the actual animals that you've trained. How do you get them all in sync and to work together? With a lot of help. <laughs> there was, there had to have been on our biggest page. There had to have been seventy to eighty animal handlers. Holy there wow! To to handle that many dogs for the the pack running scenes. So there's one uh, but, dog per trainer? Uh, not quite, not quite. On those days, uh, each trainer probably had two, maybe three. Okay. Just to return them to their position, they would start at uh, uh, one position being um, A and then run just to the second point, and at that point they have to be walked back and reset for, for take two. 
You know, they say never work with kids and animals <laughs> in Hollywood because they're always tough to work with. Have they you, steal the scenes. Does it take an extraordinary amount of time? And of course they steal the scenes, but does it take an extraordinary amount of time to make those scenes? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. And I think that that uh, phrase has been taken out of context, too, because it had more to do with stealing the scene rather than hanging yeah. up, you know, and, and being a problem on production. Um, but you deal with a certain element of it, whether it's kids or, or animals. I mean, uh, you know, the training and the preparation that we take before, you know, we film something eliminates that. It's like a pre-rehearsal. And um, I don't know how much pre-rehearsal, you know, kids get when they get gigs like that. But uh, it, it definitely adds another element to it, that's for sure. Also, like a movie like this, is it something, are these things that uh, uh, that you have to train them for the movie, or do they know these tricks already and you just have to employ them for the movie? No. Um, the, the dog that played the lead dog, Hagen, um, he was my charge per se. I was also coordinating the other animals, but uh, he didn't even know a leash or what grass was when I brought him home. Um, it was like a rodeo. Uh, <laughs> uh, so everything that he learned um, was during the training for, for the film, you know, uh, everything from, you know, cars and traffic to uh, airplanes and boats and what water is. And, and uh, yeah, just, just amazing to watch his, the eyes through his, the world through his eyes. You know? So where did the dogs come from? Um, I found them online. I looked at various rescue organizations, um, visited many shelters, and eventually found them online, and they needed a home. Um, it was an accidental breeding that the family had, and they lived in a very small house and couldn't afford to keep five big dogs in their house, you know. And so uh, the reason it caught my eye is because there was a picture of the two brothers side by side, and they were like twins, and that was exactly what I was looking for. Um, to play the, the role of Hagen. So were the other dogs, were they homeless too? Um, most of them were. Uh, it was about 200, 220, something like that, came strictly from the animal shelter there in Budapest. So what happened and to them after the film? 98% of them were adopted out. Wow. And a lot of them had to do with crew members who had spent the days with them, you know, because everybody got involved pre-setting that many dogs, and, and they got to know them and would visit them, you know, while we were rehearsing and training. And, um, you know, I really believe that due to the socialization and leash training that they got, I mean, they would so look forward to coming out for these play dates. And, and uh -huh. our pod, the coordinator in, in Hungary, would pick up the dogs from the shelter three or four times a week and just get them used to each other and running in packs and see, you know, who was going to get along. And, you know, of course, the bullies were, you know, put aside. We couldn't have anybody who was going to dominate the other dogs and, uh, you know, dampen the party. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's like herding cats. I mean, that's worse than herding cats. I mean, you really have an incredible job. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just exciting. It's different all the time. I really enjoy it. What are you working on now? Um, right now, there might be a project that I have going overseas, uh, working with dogs again and some, some additional other animals. And uh, while I'm in Los Angeles, uh, we have a reoccurring role on The Last Ship um, with uh, my German Shepherd, and he's the same dog that plays on Last Man Standing. He plays the, the you know neighbor's dog. So just kind of a lot of uh, daily things right now while I'm in town. Are you a union, or is the dog a uh, dog's not union, but are you union? How does that work? Yeah, I'm definitely union. Okay. I work here in Los Angeles on the studios and and uh, uh, lot properties. Um, it's important that I'm I'm actually a Teamster 399 oh. um, to work to work in the industry. What is your favorite animal to work with? 
in in the animals, I mean, you know, it's important that you enjoy to the fullest the one that you're working at the time, of course. Yeah. You know, they get their full attention. And But I think what I've enjoyed the most is learning about working with pigs. Really? Because it's so rewarding, and they're so comical. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny to see how quick they can learn a particular behavior. And I think because it's so unexpected generally, um, that's what makes it so so fun to work, you know. Nothing gives you the, the return love and relationship and respect that a dog does. There is no other animal that has that need to be bonding with uh, humans. And so that's always going to be the most rewarding, of course. But uh, I, I really enjoy working with other animals and watching them learn and develop through, through special handling, you know. I encourage listeners to check out your Facebook page and learn about some of the other things that you're working on. And I encourage you to stay in touch with us here at Animal Radio. Always fun to hear from people doing great stuff in the animal industry. No, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I appreciate being on. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And here's your number, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or ask Joey Villani a question. Either one, we're here for you. Love to hear from you on this beautiful weekend. It is week two of our new pet products special. And last week, we offered up something for the cats today, something for the dogs, and we'll have giveaways for you before the end of the show. And we're also going to talk to an expert in the industry. He's the president or top dog of the American Pet Products Association, and he says we're spending a whole lot of money on our animals. I didn't know. I didn't realize this until I saw this on this piece of paper earlier, how much money we were spending. Millions? (laughs) No, billions. And not just a couple billions. Wow. Yeah, just a lot of money. That's a lot of dog treats and studded collars. <laughs> it really is. And I think it's because we're treating our animals much nicer and uh, better than we ever have because they're part of the family now. Okay. Right. Let's hit the phones toll free. one 405 8405 right now. And let's take one for Dr. Debbie. We have Bill on line three. Hi, Bill. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Where are you calling from today? Call. Uh, New York. New York. Yep. Okay. <laughs> What's going on with your animal? I have Dr. Debbie right here. Um, yeah, doctor, I have a three-year-old um, English Springer, and uh, she's getting a habit of uh, eating dung. Eating dog dung or dung. other animal yeah. dung? Yeah, uh, dog's dung. We got, I have another animal, or another dog, too, and she, you know, they play together and stay in the pen, and I let them out, and they'll run around, and dog will my sprayer will start that habit, which I was wondering how to break that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a, a lovely dung behavior. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and and if we're being confined in a... Now, is this a dog, like a, a kennel, like a fenced-in kennel, or a crate? Um, Like a crate kennel. Okay, all righty. As far as, and I'm taking it that she's only eating the other dog's poop, or is she eating her own yeah. as well? I I don't know. I try to keep them cleaned up, and it's. I know she's eating stuff out there, and she comes in and just just dung breath. So I know that Yikes. she's doing that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reasons for why dogs do this. The, the honest truth is, we have a lot of theories, but nobody really knows the absolute certain cause. Um, it, a lot of times, we kind of look back at how puppies are when they develop and when they're with mom. The mother dog actually licks their 
urogenital area. So they mm-hmm. ingest their feces and their urine. And some people feel that this can be kind of a mimicked behavior that just kind of sets in a pattern, and then they just don't kind of get out of. Um, mm-hmm. Other times, you know, we talk about the fat or the protein content in the stool, and some dogs are really attracted to things like rabbit poop. Um, yeah. Just, feces, you know, different animal feces because there's different compounds, enzymes, uh, proteins in there that may be somewhat attractive. And it's crazy to think that poop tastes good, but you know what? It really does to some animals. <laughs> so so in some ways, when you have a positive reinforcement for a behavior, it's hard to stop it because they just enjoy it. Now, some of the things we need to do when we have a doggy that is eating poop is, one, we need to take away the opportunity where they can get into that. So that means we have to pick up that poop as soon as it is passed. We don't want to leave that stool left out in their environment where they can get around that in, in just it. The second thing is that we want to um, not make a big deal about it when you do catch them in the act. And just just like a kid that smacks around his brother or sister for attention so he gets his parents to yell at him, dogs will eat poop because they love to hear us yell, scream, throw things, ah, stop it, stop it, stop it. And that actually again, is a positive reward for that behavior because they just got you off the couch and they just got your attention and now you're paying attention to them. So you want to make sure that you don't react to them that way, but to give them some kind of alternate thing to do. So if a dog is trying to pick up stool, you know, a squeaky toy, a, a tennis ball, something you can throw in the other way that is going to get their attention, divert them from the stool, do not make a big deal out of it, do not try to discipline them, make them hold the stool in their mouth or say, bad dog, that's not going to help at all. Um and then also we want to look at just, you know, keeping these guys from being bored and anxious. So when they do come out of the kennel, we got to divert that activity and energy, get them running, get them doing something so that um, they don't turn, look, see that stool right there and like, okay, that's a great plaything. Yeah. I'm going to go for that. Yeah. Um, so it's okay. kind of a combination of all these things. And, you know, you can do some of the things where people will put cayenne pepper on the poop and so forth. But I think the time you spend walking around with that little Tabasco bottle, <laughs> dressing oh, those pile, yeah, the piles of poop, <laughs> you might as well um, work on avoidance and keeping that stool out of the environment. So, yeah. And, and there, you know, definitely some people will say, you know, use MSG, add it to the poop or add it to the dog that is passing the poop. Um, and there's a lot of deterrence that they sell on the market. So those things can help, but um, by themselves, they won't solve this. You kind of got to get at the heart of all of these behaviors and, and get the dog a job, <laughs> something to yeah. do, and, and then really, um, you know, keep the opportunity to a minimum. Yeah, it's too bad they can't clean clean up themselves, but... Hey, <laughs> I like that idea. It's just that opposable thumb thing. You know, they can't quite get that scooper going. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for your help, Doctor. Thanks, Bill, for your call at one 405 8405 to connect with our dream team. I believe we have one more call for you, Doc. Oh, really? Corey, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How about yourself? Very good. Where are you? Where do you live? Uh, L.A. How can we help you with your animals today? Okay, I have an eight-year-old Havanese, and I've noticed that uh, he keeps on bumping into the f- furniture in the house, and uh, he has some discharge on his uh, eye. Mm-hmm. So I'm afraid he's losing his uh, sight, or I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, and this is something I take it just come on real suddenly? Yes. 
Okay. All righty. Well, definitely this would be a situation where I would start with um, seeing a veterinarian and having a good eye exam done. And there's a couple basic things that we like to look at if we're worried about a vision uh, deterioration in a pet. Uh-huh. So there's what I kind of call there's a trio of basic tests that we do with the eyes. Um, okay. One, we check the pressure in the eye. It's a test called uh-huh. tonometry. Uh-huh. And, Another one is a test uh, of tear function, evaluating to see if we've got adequate tear function, and it's called a Schirmer's test. Uh-huh. And then another test that we typically will do is a corneal stain, and that's to check for kind of abrasions, ulcerations, things like that. But yeah. adding into that, when we have a pet that has a vision problem, um, we need to do a retinal exam. So look at the back part of the eye. Um, and how much does it cost? Well, it'll depend a bit on whether this is done through your general, the, a general practice or through an ophthalmologist. And, and there are some different steps here. Now, the thing that I would definitely consider in a Havanese, that's a breed where we definitely do have some different tendencies for eye problems. Oh, um, really? One, yeah. So um, one is that um, we can have certain types of um, uh, cataracts that form. And in fact, it's it's pretty inherent in the breed. So um, oh. cataracts are little um, kind of white opacities that form in the lens of the eye. Some never affect vision and, and we can see them if we're looking. Um, uh-huh. And then there are another kind I of category. That thing that, uh, like an opaque thing on the yeah. eye. Yeah, yeah. So that would be the number one thing I would have evaluated. So some of those, uh, some dogs, some Havanese will have them and they never cause a problem, but there are those that will go on to diminish their vision and they can go blind. Uh-huh. So what, what I often will do is I'll do some of the basic evaluations with the eye here in my office. And then if I'm suspicious we're going to have cataracts and need to deal with that, that's when I will refer to a board-certified veterinary ophthalmologist. Well, and those you know are, one in the area in L.A.? because you're kind of far. Oh, certainly, yeah. And and I'm sure there are certainly ophthalmologists in your area. Um, and we can always kind of just check online at the veterinary ophthalmology, um, kind of check the board certified uh, listings, oh, okay. and we'll find one in okay. your area. Okay, um, great. But that is why, because they're the ones that are going to do potentially surgery, see if that's the case, and if we're going to be a candidate for surgery. Um, there are also, I mentioned, there's some retinal problems we can see in these guys, so um, some types of degeneration of the retina. And that uh-huh. usually does have to have um, some of the special equipment that the ophthalmologists are going to have um, to really determine that. Um, but uh-huh. I would say if you're starting to notice symptoms, this is definitely the time to get that evaluated because we want to intervene sooner than later um, okay. because we may have less options if we wait until things get more established or that we can't uh-huh. evaluate the back of that uh-huh. eye. Yeah, okay. I, I can tell money's a situation and you're, you're kind of worried about that, but I would yeah. imagine that if you pin this down now, it might actually save you some money in the long run so yeah and knowing what you're up against is really i think the biggest hurdle there's so much uncertainty when you don't know what's going on with your pet you know you worry your pet picks Uh up on that so once Uh you're armed with that information and you know if something like surgery isn't an option and we find out we have cataracts then there's going to be the lifestyle adjustments things that we're going to need to do and that you're going to need to become aware of so that we can best prepare you and your pet for that okay i feel sad already don't, don't feel sad. Let's just go find out what's wrong first, okay? And, oh, and, I love this dog. Oh, and you know what? I can tell. I can tell. And the dog is so lucky to have you. I can tell that. Do me a favor, Corey. When you find out, if you find out any more, give us a call back and let us know how things are going. 
Okay. I sure will. Okay. I sure will. And go give that dog a hug from all of us right now, okay? Yeah. Best wishes for things. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye now. Well, 1-866-405-8405. Toll free to any one of the Dream Team here. Hopefully we can help you out. Underwriting for Animal Radio comes from Company of Animals. Okay, so if you have a dog that suffers from separation anxiety, we all know somebody that does, right? Uh, how about myself? You mean you're, you you suffer from separation anxiety? No, I'm one of the, your friends that has a dog that suffers from separation, separation anxiety. anxiety, yes. Okay, you know how hard it can be for both you and your dog when you leave home, right? It's so hard to hear her just get so upset. Company of Animals has the anxiety wrap, and it'll help calm your dog by gently applying pressure to specific acupressure points on the body and the hind legs. They figured this out. I know. I just wrap her up in it, and she stays very calm. Like a little burrito. It is. She's just like a little cocoon in there, and she's just all calm, and I can leave, and uh, neither one of us gets upset anymore. Judy learned more over at companyofanimals.us. Dogs fulfill our practical and emotional needs in a thousand ways, and we can return the favor. Voice is a way for you to fulfill that promise. You can help your dogs reach their potential and live their best, longest, healthiest life. Voice is more than just an activity tracker or cloud-based data that you and your vet can access. Vet not only helps detect illness, but help to prevent it. It's a shared experience that deepens your connection to your dog. Voice, understand your dog like never before. I'm your pet, Wolf, Meow, and now that it's getting warmer, I'll be getting out a lot more. Yep, where the fleas and ticks are. Good thing 1-800-PET-MEDS offers the same flea, tick, and heartworm medications as the vet, but for up to 50% less. 1-800-PET-MEDS also has fast, free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So call or go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com today and protect me, your pet. Free shipping on orders over $49. You know Canine Caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for Canine and Feline Caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. Hi, I'm Junior, Director of Marketing for Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for us dogs. I have the best job in the world, sniffing out hotels and destinations where they roll out the red carpet for canines and humans alike. To find out where I've been lately and to learn how you can travel like me, pick up a copy of Fido Friendly magazine at your local bookstore or subscribe online at FidoFriendly.com to find out what all the barking's about. Hi, this is Iron Chef Cat Cora on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free. 1-866-405-8405 is the number to Dr. Debbie or to Dogfather Joey Volani. 
And uh, coming up this hour, we're going to talk to Bob Viteri. He's the president and CEO of the American Pet Products Association. He knows how much you spend on your animals. And he's going to tell us, because you might be surprised. Uh, let's see. I know how much. Yeah, well, I know it's a lot. A lot. It is. Yeah. More than you would even fathom or imagine. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, well, we love our animals. Now, 30 years oh, ago, we would have never spent this kind of money on our no. animals. No, there wasn't enough stuff out there to spend that kind of money on. Yeah, That's well, they, right. the dogs were in the backyard in a doghouse. That was what you spent your money on. And, and you Can thought you were a good pet owner yeah. by doing that. You did. Uh, listen, you can ask your questions of Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Or you can download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download, thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. And uh, what are you working on over there in the newsroom, Miss Tammy Trujillo? Well, you go to a restaurant, right? And the first thing you got to do is you look at the menu and you select what you want. Sure. But... I am going to tell you about a bunch of secret menus that you can't just look at. You have Ooh. to know they're there, and they are for your dog Ooh. at the restaurant. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sticking around for that. How about we hit the phones right now? And we have John. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Very good. Where are you? I'm in Oklahoma. 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 What's going fine on? Day in, it's a fine day in Oklahoma. A fine day in Oklahoma. That's actually their motto, isn't it? <laughs> It's a f- fine day in Oklahoma. Well, most of the time when it's not snowing. Oh, yeah. Do you got pets? You got animals? I, I do have a dog. Something about my dog. Yeah, what's going on with your dog? I have the dog right here. I got oh, a, hi, John. How are you? I'm doing I'm, fabulous. I've got a three-year-old lab, uh, really active. The only thing is uh, when he does have an active day, he uh, tends to have a seizure Uh uh, you know, at the evening or, or even during when he's doing his, you know, exercises or when he's hunting. Uh, and I've had a few people uh, that tell me uh, Cairo syrup in the water and, you know, stuff like that. But I, uh, I'm i a new listener to y'all, and I just figured I'd call in and, and see what you guys had to say. Sure. Now, so he's actually active and he's running and he's hunting. He's doing things when this happens? Well, yeah, a few times it's done it whenever he's been hunting, but uh, most of the time it's whenever we get back to the house and he kind of winds down and, uh, you know, then you see him over there and he's got that look in his face like, you know, something's happening and uh, then, it, you know, it comes on and, uh, you know, I just I just was going to see what y'all thought. Okay, that, and when he's... common or, or... Well, I'm kind of... Can you describe a little bit what he's doing when when he has these episodes? Is he twitching? Uh, Is he? He's not. He, he tenses up, you know, and it's like his uh, claws come out, you know, and uh, uh, sometimes his old eyes just, you know, get real wide, and uh, uh, you know, if, at first I didn't know what to do, so I just just let him go because you know I've heard uh, human wise, if you know, if you see somebody having a seizure, you. You know, you you just let him go. Well, he would he would take off running, and he would end up running into trees and stuff. So I I, you know, stopped him from doing that. And now I just oh, yeah. pretty much hold him, and you know, you know, kind of comfort him. You know, it'll it'll take oh, thirty seconds or so, and then uh, he might get over it, and you know, he'll start panting real heavy and drooling, and uh you know then he'll be all right you know he knows something's happened but he, he's all right then you know uh, okay so he's actually kind of having what you would describe as a seizure he's kicking he's twitching he's um 
Because you that's lose consciousness? Yeah, that's what I would... I've never seen anybody have a seizure, but, you know, that's that's what I would think, you know. Okay, because there's kind of two different ways of thinking here that I would go, and um, Labrador Retrievers do have a different type of collapsing episode that can be completely different than a seizure, and they have a, a syndrome called exercise-induced collapse, and um, that can happen, and it, it doesn't always typically look like a seizure. If that syndrome happens, they actually um, can get kind of weak after exercise. Their back legs can give out on them or even get very stiff and kind of seize up, Um with that condition, they tend to be very aware, um, but their body isn't quite cooperating. Um, and that's actually kind of a muscular disease. Um, and actually, my own Labrador had a sibling who, who drowned um, hunting because he had that syndrome. So that is definitely something that, you know, I would kind of look at. But if we're actually having more of what we think is a seizure, where he's kind of kicking, paddling, he's laying on his side, foaming at the mouth, maybe if he loses, you know, bodily functions, then that would be more of what I would term as a seizure. And um, one of the biggest and most important things is I'd want to get a blood sample at the time or as close as we can to the time when that's happening. Um, because some things are dynamic and some things can change, um, such as things involving blood sugar. So that would be something I'd want to look at. And there are some hunting dog, what we call hunting dog hypoglycemia problems. And I've seen it more perhaps in pointers um, and some of the other um, bird dogs um, where they actually, after exercise, their blood sugar drops and they go into a seizure. And um, that would be something we need to diagnose with a blood test. Now, uh, I've, I've had, you know, we've done all the blood work, you know, not, not anything close up to, you know, when he's had one of these episodes. And, like, he... He, you know, like you say, he doesn't have, uh, he doesn't lose control of his bodily functions or anything. Or, you know, I I have noticed that uh, sometimes, you know, he is weak in the legs, but I didn't know if there's anything else that I could do that, uh, medically wise or, uh, anything. Um, I guess the big thing is if the blood work looks good and we're not really worried about, you know, the low blood sugar problem or the other condition that I've mentioned, and we're thinking more of like a true seizure disorder, um, I'd say two things. One, yeah, there are definitely some anti-seizure medicines that we can look into and try for him. So that would definitely be something that I would consider. Um, the drug phenobarbital is probably one of the more commonly used anti-seizure medicines in dogs. Um, sometimes we'll also use a drug called potassium bromide. The hard reality might be that, you know, he may not be a great candidate for hunting because a lot of dogs, whether we're dealing with a seizure problem or some of these other collapse episodes, you know, we could really have... Um, a seizure more likely when we have activity, high excitement, all that kind of thing. So it might be in his best interest, um, you know, to kind of consider his lifestyle and what he does, um, especially if that triggers a seizure um, on a, you know, fair amount of the time. So probably not what you want to hear from me there, but um, that might be a, a choice you have to make for his, his good and for his benefit. So hopefully that will help out your baby there. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio, one 405 8405 this is an animal radio news update brought to you by doctors foster and smith pet supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order visit fosterandsmith.com 
I'm Tammy Trujillo. Ferrets, they're going to continue to be unwelcome in New York City. Health officials decided not to overturn a decades-long ban on ferrets. It's been considering lifting the ban for ferrets as long as they were vaccinated for rabies, but no go. A recent poll showed that New Yorkers were kind of split over legalizing ferrets as pets. 39% agreed they should be allowed and 42% were opposed. Utah's police department is the latest to add a program to its police academy to teach cadets how to deal with pet dogs. This program is being championed by Sean Kendall, whose Weimar Honor Geist was shot and killed by a police officer last year after the officer came into the dog's backyard looking for a lost child. Kendall started promoting the education to prevent another dog from losing its life. The program was designed in conjunction with the Humane Society of Utah to teach officers how to interpret dog behavior, what to do when they encounter aggressive dogs, and alternatives using force or less lethal self-defense responses. Now, I didn't know about this, and I'm wondering why I didn't. It turns out that many well-known restaurants have secret menus that cater to pooches. Now, you do need to make sure that your pet can handle some humanish food before you order for them at the drive-thru, though. For example, Starbucks will serve up a cup of puppuccino. It's a small cup filled with whipped cream for your pup. Now, just like with you and that frappuccino, there's a lot of sugar in it and fat, so you don't want to order one every single day. Dairy Queen's Pup Cup is a little bit of vanilla soft serve topped with a doggy treat. Lazy Dog Cafe lives up to its name with a special rice plate that includes a cut up piece of beef. And if you're on the West Coast, there of course is In-N-Out. It has a secret menu for people and you can also order your dog a pup patty. That's a plain unseasoned burger patty with no salt. And uh, you can sit in the outdoor patio area at Johnny Rockets. You can get a cut up burger patty and water for your dog. See, I never knew this existed. Now we've told everybody. Hey, why do you think that they're on secret menus? Why do you think they, they just don't, don't publicize it? Let's I don't know. It's like In-N-Out has had that secret people menu out here and for years. And I know years. that menu. I love it. You know the menu. Yeah, you, you know everything. Oh, animalize. Animalize your, 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 your burgers <laughs> and fries, man. It's about 40,000, 45,000 calories of, of uh, special sauce and fried onions and all kinds of good stuff, you know. Now we you learn know. a lot See on this that? show. You, Isn't you, this cool? You, you, you shed some light on the world for me today, Tammy. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit fosterandsmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. At Stella and Chewy's, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewy's product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish sourced from USDA-inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewy's dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 
It's Animal Radio. We are celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free. 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie. Dog father Joey Villani. It is week number two of our new pet product special of a five-week special. Each week, we're featuring the latest and greatest in technology for your animals. And we got giveaways. Yes, we do. But what makes this industry so big? It is huge. I, I had no idea at least 10 years ago, how big this industry is. It is close to pushing close to 60 billion, give or take a couple billion. And what's a couple billion between friends, right? <laughs> uh, we welcome Bob Viteri, President, C- CEO of the American Pet Products Association, back to Animal Radio. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Good. How are you folks doing? Very good. So let's break the numbers down. We have, uh, what is it, 58 billion that we spent this year? Yeah, that was uh, pretty much the number we were looking at, and it was uh, spread out over food and supplies and veterinary and live animal purchases and everything. But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty big number. Now, how does that break down? How much of that is food alone? Because we know we walk into the stores, we see on the shelves just an enormous amount of different foods. It's it's kind of like overload. Which food do we pick? No, seriously. And, I, I mean, that that's a growing category right now. Uh, for 2014, the number was over 22, almost $23 billion just on food alone for uh, all of our different kinds of pets. That is Jeez. phenomenal. And uh, you can see why these big companies, the big mergers happen. We're talking about some big money now. Uh, Dr. Debbie, you, you came to me before the show and you said, I just want you to know it's not the veterinarians that are making the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it certainly, you know, a lot of people think first thing, you spend your dollars on your vet care. But I have people that come in and sp- say, I spent $1,000, $2,000 buying this dog. I can't afford the $100 for the preventative vaccinations oh and care. So that's Jeez. where I want to know where the money's going. How much of that is veterinary care? Uh, something over $15 billion, but but... Dr. Debbie's making a great point. It's that people uh, are spending so much else on their pets besides the, the cost of acquisition, just, you know, every kind of other luxury that you could possibly imagine that they're thinking that since they're getting so much, uh, you know, healthy products supposedly from foods and treats that the need to go to the vet quite as often isn't there. And so, you know, your, your side is, is actually struggling a little bit. It's, it's getting harder and harder to convince people that, yeah, you got healthy food, but it'd be nice to go to the vet, too. Mm. So why do you think live animal purchases is on the decline? You know, the, the biggest uh, buyers of, of pets for, for the last decade or so have been the baby boomers. We spend money on everything, and we love our pets, and we've been getting pets. And now, all of a sudden, the oldest baby boomers are starting to approach 70, and it looks like as their pets are passing away or, or going, they're not as quick to replace them as they were before. So with that huge chunk uh, starting to level off or decline a little bit, we're not seeing the, the backfill that you know is going to be needed to to pick up that slack. The good thing is our, our national pet owner survey, the latest one that's just coming out, is showing that Gen Wires are actually starting to show more uh, incidences of pet ownership. Uh, so that could be the long term solution to uh, make sure that that decline is is only just a blip and not mm. a long term trend. Now I do want to differentiate between the two ownership and per- live animal purchases is two completely different things and in fact yeah. I'd like to think and maybe I'm wrong on this but I'd like to think more people are adopting animals than actually purchasing them at the store. Yeah, yeah, I mean you're definitely seeing that uh but you know 
the cost of acquiring an animal, even in a, a rescue and shelter, is all included in that live animal purchases. It's probably got the wrong name to it, but it's live animal acquisition. So it does go beyond just, you know, buying from a breeder or something like that. You know, I've talked to folks who've adopted from a shelter and have had to spend three and four hundred dollars. Uh, to get a dog or, or a cat from a shelter. So it's all pretty much rolled into that. But just total acquisition of pets has uh, leveled off a, a little bit right now. Phenomenal numbers. I'm thinking next year, what are we looking at? A total of a little bit over $60 billion. And just to give you some kind of perspective, it, of the 192 operating countries in the world, this would put the pet industry in about um, 70th place. Really? <laughs> you mean, as a country. Wow. That's, that is amazing. Well, I know it's bigger than the uh, radio industry, I've, I've learned oh, just recently. It's bigger than movies. It's bigger than hardware. It's bigger than jewelry. And much to the wow. surprise of my staff, it's bigger than candy. Wow. And I'm glad wow. about that because we were just saying earlier that 30 years ago, the dogs were in the backyard in the doghouse. Right. And now, of course, right. they're in the bed and right. getting spoiled with the best food and uh, all Designer the good stuff. Designer clothes. And- yes. Designer collars and nice. houses that I would live in. It's really <laughs> impressive. So uh, tell us about your animals. How many do you have? Well, right now, our, our golden retriever recently passed away, oh. uh, wow. 14 years old. Uh, but our new cat, Mr. Peppers, is, is quite the uh, active participant in the house. And even with my travel schedule, uh, he keeps my wife company as, as I'm running all over the place. So well, we're looking for another dog to take Dakota's place. But uh, right now it's just uh, Mr. Peppers. I'm thinking that's a, a great position to have because you get to try out all the, you know, the pet products. Oh, I, that's it's a good position, but it's a threatening position because I want all of them. <laughs> I could find purpose for almost everything I see at our trade show, which was titanic this year. It was really, and it gets bigger and bigger. Are you noticing more and more people are quitting their crappy day jobs and coming over to the pet industry with their inventions? We had 230 new members wow. this year joined uh, the American Pet Products Association and. Uh, maybe 90% of them showed up at the trade show with their newest, latest, greatest idea. It is truly amazing. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. The website, if people want to learn more, is AmericanPetProducts.org. Bob Terry, the president and CEO, top dog over at American Pet Products Association. Have yourself a great day. Thank you, guys, very much. Appreciate it. We're going to head back to the phones toll-free for your calls at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. It's Animal Radio. Gotta speak quietly. The dog is finally getting to sleep there. Yes, and don't say her name because she wakes up when she hears it. L A D Y B U G. She doesn't spell yet, does Not she? Not yet. <laughs> Gotta watch out because. They learn to spell. Yes, they do. They're smart, I'll tell you. I think they're, you know what? I think animals are smarter than humans, and that's why they don't talk. <laughs> that's just my theory here. Hey, David, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing good. I have Joey Volani. Let's all bow. Dogfather Joey Volani here for you. What's going on there, David? You having a shedding problem or something? Yes, sir. I'm having shedding problems with both my dogs, and I was just wondering if you had any advice that, I could, that could help. You have two dogs? Yes, sir. I have a okay, uh, kind of... Dachshund mix, and then the other one is a rat terrier, both short hairs. Oh, 
Okay, so the dachshund mix is a short hair. It's not a wire hair, correct? Yes, sir. It's short hair. This is a, this is an easy fix. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to go to your local, um, you know, pet store in town, okay? And you're going to ask for a rubber curry brush. Now it's going to be. Sometimes they're round, sometimes they're rectangular. They could be square, but they're gonna. It's 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 almost like a massage brush is what it looks like. It's going to have just rubber, um, dense bristles, um, real tight together. Okay. And what you're going to do is you're going to run that over the dog's coat, almost as if you're giving the dog a massage. Your pet's going to like it. You're going to run it down the back, down the legs, down the side. You are going to be surprised because when you first look at this brush, you're going to say, "What is he talking about?" This does. This isn't going to do anything. But trust me, it's going to pull out so much hair in the first few strokes of, of, of the brush. You're going to be surprised. You do that for a little while. I'm going to say each day until you get to a point where the shedding is tolerated, and then basically you, you can get away with doing it once a week. Do it on both dogs. The other good thing about it is their coat's going to come in real shiny. They're going to look better. And you're going to be a hell of a lot happier. All right, all right. What is that called? It's a rubber curry brush. It's um, it's just it's just a um when you, when you look at it, it almost looks like a chew toy, um but it's um you know has these real short dense rubber bristles that are probably I'm gonna say a, um they're round probably about an eighth of an inch round in diameter and you just rub that over the dog and and it pulls it just pulls it right out. Is that like curry like C U R R Y like? The, the spice? Yeah, it was spelled the same way, actually, yes. Right, well, but I, I appreciate hope that, it. I, I, you know what? I'm not going to say I hope it helps. I know it's going to help. So okay. there you go. Thanks. All right. 1-866-405-8405. Right. It's toll free to connect with the Dream Team right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, and it is week two of our new pet product special. We're going to give out some of everything we talk about through the next four more weeks as we focus on what is now the almost $60 billion a year pet industry. And wow. it, I didn't think I was spending that much money on my animals. I thought I was being pretty frugal, actually. <laughs> and it's not all going to the vets, either. It's going to the pet food yep. and toys and all the pet care. We were just talking a few minutes ago about Joey, and he likes to go over to In-N-Out Burger and grab himself, uh, uh, what do they call it, the animal over there? The animalized secret menu. Yes. Secret menu. And <laughs> uh, maybe you might have something to do with how robust he looks. <laughs> Do you like the words that I picked there? Yeah, politically correct. Our animals, much like that, like Ladybug, you put down a little bit of food, and I'll tell you, it just disappears like that. And then she just lets out a big old burp. I know <laughs> that this is no good for her belly. And in fact, there are some dogs, isn't it? Can that cause bloat or something like that, doctor? Yeah, it certainly can. Hi, I'm Roger Mokeford. The gastric dilation vulvulus, G, GDV is the um, easy, easy name for bloat. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a real killer. About 30% of all dogs that get bloat die because you can't get them to the vet quick enough. Um, you've got about 40 minutes in which to save their lives. And uh, so if you live further than 40 minutes from your nearest veterinarian, um, it's a serious, uh, worrying issue. We are with Dr. Roger Mugford. We're across the pond. It is uh, late in the evening right now. And uh, you just finished dinner. Is that correct? I'm just in from a great Italian restaurant. Why do I like Italian food? Why? 
well, because it tastes good, but <laughs> it's also you can relax with your friends. And it's been a two-hour meal and washed down with good wine. Do I sound that way? Um, and uh, they're slow eaters, Italians at least. So if you go to Italy, Italians aren't fat. When they get to America, they become fat. Why is that? Because, A, the nature of the food, and also because in America we're all in a hurry. We all have to eat our food really yep. quickly. Yep. And exactly the same rules apply for healthy living in people as in dogs. And, and the Italian way is a great inspiration for us with this um, way of new f- way of feeding dogs. Well, you've uh, come up with a great item now. It's called the Green Interactive Feeder. And it is our number two product of our new pet product special. You know, I'm going to let you describe what it is. And if you could do it color, picture, the whole play-by-play, Doctor. <laughs> okay, well, um, it, it's it inspired, actually, by somebody in Denmark um, who was regularly feeding her dogs by scattering food on the grass, just like you feed scatter <laughs> uh, grain on the ground, corn on the ground to feed your chickens. I, I'm sure you all do that, listeners. Um, and <laughs> that's what we do over in Europe. We're very backward, you know. And um, so, uh, because her Labrador just uh, gorged itself on all the food that was in a regular dog bowl, and and so by making it difficult, the dog gets to be healthier and, of course, enjoy and savour the taste of each little morsel of food. And that's the secret behind the green feeder. And that's why it's been designed to look like rather large blades of grass. And the dog has to furrow and, and, and sniff and lick in between these big blades of grass to get out the um, pieces of food. And the food could be, as most people do, feed kibble, dry food. But it could be wet food from a can. It could be uh, uh, bath or, or f- uh, raw food, which I'm very much in favour of. Um, and a meal that might take my Labrador about 20, 30 seconds takes him anything up to 20 minutes because he has to work so hard at it. Now, it's not uh, too crazy hard. It's not like you're going to starve your animal. It's not, it's not a puzzle, but it just makes the food less yeah, accessible. Yeah. So it takes just a little more time to get to it so that they slow down and they enjoy their meal. Well, if 20, bi- 20 billion of those dollars are what people spend on their pet food, yes. um, then the pet food and the technology behind those pet food manufacturers is wholly directed at making the food really palatable, really tasty. And it's a way, complete waste of effort with my Labrador, most of your beagles and, and breeds that are known to be gluttons, because it, you know, it's been and gone so quickly. And, and, and the, the green feed is a way of making them enjoy and savor their food as we should. But it also has this really big health message as well. And you know, in nature, dogs, wolves would have to be out hunting for you know, six, ten hours a day, you know, in the, in the hours of daylight. And it's hard work bringing down a caribou on your own, even with your friends if you're a hunter, hunting wolf. But um, we make it so easy for our pets. And they're still wired up as wolves. You know, we've not changed anything about the, the way they basically think about food, which is always, this could be the last meal I'll ever going to eat. And if I don't eat as more and more and more today, then I could be starving tomorrow because that's the way... Uh, dogs and many wild animals have to think. I have one of these at home for my dogs, and I've used it for both my Bouvier and my little terrier, and it's been really interesting to see how they approach it differently. Um, And I think, and one thing maybe in my fault is I have the same feeder for both. My Bouvier, it takes her some time, she's working it, it kind of helps to dispel boredom when I take them to the vet office. So, you know, they're hanging out in my office, chilling, and gives them something to do. But little boss has got this tiny little nose, and he works right in between those big (laughs) blades of grass 
and he can ferret him out very quickly. So I, I yep. think you, you, you have various sizes, and maybe I need a small one for him. We, we do make a little one for little dogs, but actually the big one will, will fix all, all sizes uh, and, and works across all sizes. And um, they're, they're all colored, guess what, green, <laughs> because oh, that yeah. seems appropriate. Well, it's supposed to be like grass. Right. Yeah, that's right. There are other slow feeders in the market. I have to say, you know, you, there are other ways. I won't give any brand names. This is different. This this is different. It's classy. It lasts forever. The, the dogs can't chew it up, uh, which they can with some others. You can drop it and it won't smash. You can put it in your dishwasher, um, and it's just a big animal welfare benefit. It's it's a, an investment that will last well the lifetime of your dog. It's the most unusual looking thing. When I first got it to look <laughs> at it, I was like, what what are these guys coming up? You know, across the pond they're just maybe a little too I don't know. But <laughs> it's all that wine. And once once you explained it to me, I realized this is just the most amazing invention and uh, that's why it is our number two pick this week. And I'm gonna go ahead and give one away right now. It's a green interactive feeder from the company of animals. One eight six six four oh five eight four oh five if you're not lucky enough to get through and pick this one up you can head on over to our website where we have links for everything you've heard on today's show and we'll put a link directly to company of animals where you can uh, learn more about the green interactive feeder i just want to know yes. can you put an in and out burger in it okay there you go <laughs> our good friend dr roger mudford calling from across the pond and we will talk to you soon again i'm sure we're going to get on out of here and go walk our animals that's what we'd love to do after the show be sure to join us again for week three of the new pet product special next week we'll have more giveaways be sure to download the animal radio app right now for your iphone or android it's a free download you can ask your questions directly from the app and listen to animal radio anytime you want have a great week bye-bye bye bye everyone This is Animal Radio Network.